non-apologizers. Not sure I want to give a name to my listeners just yet, but anyways, I'm your host, Nikki, and this is Still Won't Apologize, a place where we can have unfiltered conversations about everyday life. I want to take the time and say thank you for downloading this episode and continuing to listen. Join me every other week as I sit down with guests or myself, uh, discuss different paths that life has taken, maybe share some expertise information, or maybe just have conversations about random stuff. Who really knows? Anyways, I promise you that you will either laugh, cry, or quite possibly give you something to carry with you as you navigate life. As always, here's a reminder that you do not need to apologize for being yourself, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to my bonus series as I catch up with some past guests. And today I am with Ella. Um, Some of my viewers' favorite episodes was when I sat down with you and I know you were going through a bunch of different changes and and moving on different projects and things. So um, great idea to catch up. Uh, How are you? I am doing really well. (laughs) I am doing really well. Uh, I have to say I was a little nervous to revisit our episode because I hadn't listened to it since that season. And even mm-hmm. though it was only um, six months ago about uh, it, it, in so many ways, it feels like a lifetime ago. So I uh, sat down and, and re-listened to it uh, to revisit where I was at that time. And it's, it is both inspiring not as cringy as I was expecting it might be so at least that's good (laughs) um my headspace was a lot worse than I than I probably let on so I I appreciate the feedback that that it resonated with people um because it has been a really interesting transition year but I'm I'm really excited um and invigorated about the future and I think that's something I didn't have six months ago even though I had a little bit of a game plan about what I knew I didn't want Mm -hmm. stepping into what I do want um and working on developing that has has been really exciting about you you've had some changes on your end as well oh god yeah um we sold our house in Austin and I we moved into well I call it a bus uh, but it's a class a class a motor home so it's like a giant tour bus it's like 45 feet I've like this like think of a long narrow house pretty much. Um, and we've been traveling since May. And I say traveling loosely. We spent five months in Connecticut, which I was all about and so happy with because we spent so much time with friends and family because we've been away. We've been living in Austin for seven years. And then with the pandemic, we didn't get to come home as much. So spending, getting that time with family and friends was definitely worth it. It made, it made all of the frustration and stress of getting to this point worth it. Um, so yeah, it's been a little, little crazy. So are, are you able to say where you are physically right now? Yes. Like what area of the world? Yep. We are in Mount Pleasant, Charleston, and we're staying at a KOA campground. Um, this is my sec- our second time in Charleston. Both of my husband have visited different times, so but only quickly, like one or two days. So we're spending the week here. So we're going out and trying out like all the different places. So it's really cool. It's it's. I think we're finally settled in. Like we both work from the bus and we're both like, working all day and then you know we take our breaks take the dogs for a walk go grab lunch or something or you know we cook here too so um it's a little rocky at first getting used to it but I think I think we're finally in the groove 
That's wonderful. I mean, I have spent some time in some really fancy, like you'll have to tell me what, um, what model you have, because mm-hmm. I've spent some time in some fancy really? motorhomes. Wild what they have nowadays. Yeah. Oh, God, like, yeah. I mean, marble paneling, you could do a pull up big screen TV that comes mm-hmm. out of the kitchen counter. I mean, <laughs> and then the ones that expand with a button so it can get triple wide and then go yeah. back to a single right it's i mean they're it's not our 1980s mama's trailer anymore i mean they're they're they are they're very appealing so um how you must be enjoying that yeah so this is a it's called a tiffin allegro bus and we do have four slides so it expands wide um so it's not just that narrow house as i mentioned um and back in the day this one was worth a lot of money but like it's a 2014 so it's kind of older but it's got like cherry hardwood all through it marble counter like it's it's like high-end in in that time um obviously like you said they can go up to this particular brand can go up to five six hundred thousand dollars if you buy one brand new and there's ones out there that like can go up to a million like when we were doing the research it's like like the stuff that they come up with is like surreal like I can't believe they put that in that space so like if you're ever bored go on YouTube and just google class a like motorhomes it's it's pretty like amazing what they can do with such small spaces it, it is and and I what I do think having revisited our episode um that is cool about this transition for you and and somewhat mirrors mine is that in this current season my life is mirroring what I thought my retirement would look like right <laughs> and I feel like living in a motorhome if I'm allowed to call it that I don't know if that's what you call it but I call it a bus uh, motorhome whatever yeah, living on a bus is akin, right? Is very parallel yeah. to that retirement lifestyle. And and I think that um, whether we're ready as a generation or not, assuming you're a millennial, right? I think that we can, yeah. we're both millennials. <laughs> um, there is this idea of not necessarily wanting to retire the way that we thought of retirement, but really thinking about what do we want our life to look like and why do we have to wait until we're 60 and a half to have it? Right. Um, so I, I think it's inspiring that you're doing that because I can already imagine I'm so I, I'm so excited to learn more about this. Like I can imagine one, the freedom that you have, um, not only to travel, but just on your own schedule and being able to not have to take care of a home right. um, in that type of way. Um, I, I, is it cost effective or is it a big uh, investment on the front end and you're still kind of working it out to make it like, how does that work? That's a really good question. So when we first decided to sit down and do this, we took into consideration how much we were spending in our own home in Austin. And as everybody knows, the Austin housing market is absolutely insane, you know, and our budget, you know, and I, I speak freely about this, but we were spending six to $6,500 a month to keep our house and our bills like afloat. So that being said, that was, all right, here's our budget that what we can afford in a month. Do we want to spend this in a month? No, we would obviously like to spend less. So then it narrowed, that narrowed it down to doing the research of how much does it cost? Let's not even talk about the, the vehicle or the apparatus, the, the fifth wheel, what type of camper we're going to have, but what does it cost to actually live in this lifestyle? So then you, we averaged out like we looked at different stays because we had a small camper before. So we kind of were able to figure out what it would cost to stay at a campground, right? What it costs to stay at a really nice campground and what it costs to stay at kind of a shitty campground, depending on what you want to do. 
So we figured out a budget and we right now are saving, I think we're in the 2,500 to $3,000 a month uh, when we were in Connecticut, which is great, right? Like, like half of our, but the thing that we didn't necessarily budget for or account for that when you're booking in advance, because you have to book in advance, there are certain payments that you have to make, right? Booking for the site. For example, we're going to the Keys for the winter. So we'll be in the Keys from starting with Key West, November 12th to the end of January. So we're starting with Key West and ending with Key West, actually, because we want to do a festival there. Their monthly rates are probably triple the amount that we were paying in Connecticut. So now because we saved some money in the first couple of months, we're going to end up spending more. So it kind of fluctuates depending on where you go, what time of season, where you're going. Um, you don't have to worry about, say, electricity because it's kind of included with whatever resort you're staying at. They'll either put it into your um, your camp you know, fee or they'll meter you depending how long you're staying and where you're staying. We obviously have the bus payment, which we, after figuring out the budget for what we would spend monthly on an average, then we had an average cost that we were willing to spend on the actual motor home. Um, and that kind of helped. So at first it was a little much because it seemed like a lot, but now that we've been doing it longer, like, okay, we get it. Certain months are gonna be way less than others. And then there's a lot of discount programs out there that kind of help you with the cost of staying places. Like you can get 10% discount here. You can buy memberships. So like there's a membership that we just bought called Thousand Trails where we can stay at any of their campgrounds for free and we just pay an annual due every year. So it varies. And it, obviously they only have, they have specific ones that you have to stay at. Some of them are not great. Some of them are really nice. Um, so yeah, it can, it can definitely vary. Right now we're in the saving territory. I think it's gonna be more in the next couple of months because of the keys. But okay, so in terms of this life, because I'm I'm imagining that it would break even maybe even be more expensive when you start factoring in, like my thought is, okay, yeah, you're saving on the mortgage, but you're spending a lot more on gas than you would. So a that vehicle. one I didn't, so that one I didn't actually. And maintenance. Yeah. So maintenance is for us is once a year and it's just changing our fluids. Right. So think about when a house, my first year of owning our house in Austin, I think I spent, you know, close to $10,000 on things that I needed to do to maintain it because it was such an old house. So gas, because of the uprise in price has definitely been more expensive than what we originally budgeted for. So that's, that's a lot. Um, and you can plan your trips, right? So we don't have to necessarily go, you know, 1800 miles in a weekend and have to fill our tanks two or three times, we can break it up where we're taking that cost and spreading it across, you know, whatever our travel span might be. Um, but yes, gas was the surprising one because like diesel alone from the beginning of summer to now has gone up almost a dollar a gallon, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the other piece I'd be, I'm wondering, just thinking of like, because I fantasized about this, by the way, if I didn't make that clear, I have <laughs> oh, I fantasized <laughs> about hopping into an RV and and, and hopping around because I, I, I love to do that. I've traveled most of the country. Um, there's some Midwest and Middle America states that I've missed, the flyovers, if you will. But mm -hmm. um, I'm working my way through. I'm working to get to those as well. But um, from a healthcare standpoint, even relocating from California to Texas, it's been really 
really difficult for me. One, because of the laws, two, because of the access to certain types of healthcare, even from a therapy standpoint, I, I don't mean any disrespect, but in my experience, and I've seen a lot of therapists in the Dallas, in, in Texas, um, the quality of uh, cognitive therapy here mm-hmm. just it does not match that of California from a culture standpoint um because there's a lot more people in therapy so there are a lot more therapists and there's a higher expectation of quality that I just haven't quite found in this Mm -hmm. state and I've been here two years and so I have to imagine and I've dealt with similar issues in terms of you know some of the health issues that we talked about in the last episode but for you I know that you've had a partial hysterectomy I know that you've had um your endometrial issues like Mm -hmm. where does your health care fit into this lifestyle so I'm going to two parts to that question. I agree with you that Texas health was impo- like, it was very hard for me to find a doctor for that part. My, that part of my healthcare with my endometriosis. Um, it took me three doctors in Austin to finally find one that I love. Whereas in Connecticut, I had one immediately. Um, so 100% understand that as far as my endometriosis go, having that partial hysterectomy, I have had no symptoms. I've had no issues with that. So thankfully because I do believe that if I was still dealing with that, this may have been kind of put on the back burner because obviously I was in a lot of pain. I couldn't walk. There's a lot of things out I couldn't do because of it. Um, what I am grateful for is, and I know I've mentioned it before and I'm not sure, I have Hashimoto's and I have some thyroid issues. The doctor that I work with in Austin allows for telehealth. So I do my checkups and everything um, virtually with her. And with my Hashimoto's, I was doing every three months. Now my numbers have been really, really, really great. So now I only have to do six months and then eventually I can go to one year. And we plan to travel back to Austin once a year. So when I go back, I'll go see her in person um, with that. So that's been fine. Therapy, I struggled in Austin trying to find somebody um, virtually in the city. It's just it, nobody's available. Cause like you said, everybody's in therapy. Um, so I haven't actually sat down and figured that part yet, but I've heard a lot about the online help with different, um, institutions that help have it. And my insurance through work also offers a telehealth for, uh, therapy as well. So I just haven't sat down and done it yet. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that gives me a lot more hope because yeah. I'm getting better. I'm not quite, I'm not fully recovered from everything last, um, from last year, but I am sorry. I like, I have hope. It's like, it's just not a linear, it's not linear. Um, and it's frustrating as hell. You take three steps forward and then a step back and then two steps forward, then two steps back. It's, it's all over the place, but ultimately I am progressing in the right direction, which I'm grateful for and uh, incredibly grateful for. And if I, could tell you, on, but... yeah, if I could tell you anything about that throughout all of the surgeries that I went through and always thinking like, this is the one that's going to save me. It's you got to be a patient person. And it's such a hard thing to say, because I used to hate when people would say that to me and you would lose all your patients. I'm like, I am being patient. I don't understand. It's the doctors. Like I 100% believe if I didn't find that doctor and I was patient to do the research to find the doctor that I needed. I don't think I would be able to sit here and say, I feel healed. I mean, granted, there's probably still some yeah. stuff there, but like, um, for the most part, that's he, wonderful. He was a lifesaver. So, if you ever want somebody in Austin area, I got you. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, thank you. That's that's great. Um, and so, as far as work, you haven't work hasn't been interrupted at all by this. No. So I was. I think some people, most people know. I feel like you're interviewing me. 
Um, it's your podcast. We want to know. I know. Um, so I was remote before the pandemic. Um, so work hasn't changed really for me from, you know, almost, I think I'm going into my fifth year here. Um, my husband was recently, recently became mobile. So he was getting used to it as well as getting used to this transition as well. And then we were getting used to being in such a small area with each other. Um, I make this joke that I'm happy that we like each other because I, I can't imagine having to spend this much time with each other and work at the same time. So no, that is a lot. That's, yeah. that's sweet. Um, I, yeah, I thought about that, but I wasn't going to go down that road because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't, you could go another way. Like, right? no, I mean, I, my, my assumption is it's a it's a testament to to the intimacy and and uh, foundation that your marriage has and mm-hmm. I think that that's incredible in and of itself say no more because my head Thank just you. goes to the bathroom all I think <laughs> is the bathroom being so close to the damn kitchen right and how so, you guys are navigating that so one of the stipulations so I had a few stipulations we needed at least one and a half bathrooms and we need I needed a full closet those were, those are mine. His were like dishwasher, which I 100% agree and happy that he, he put his foot down on that one. Cause I can't imagine doing, trying to do dishes all day. It's a small dishwasher anyways, but we do have two separate bathrooms and I call the bathroom that's closest to the kids. That's his bathroom because I'm in the back of the bus all day working. So I have my own bathroom, my closet, all of that's here. And he's like in the front of the bus. So we are separated in that sense, but it's because we have the two bathrooms and like, I'll find him trying to stand, well, what are you doing? That's my bathroom. Like you, you get that one. <laughs> that's good. That's funny. Well, thank you for clarifying that. Cause that's where exactly where my head went. I'm like, uh, I have um, this, but that's oh, so cool. God, I have this like similar story. When we first moved to Austin, we have always had, you know, for the most part, two, two bathrooms. I think our first apartment when we were younger had one, um, and we moved to Austin, we got this tiny apartment and we had one bathroom and I was showering and he just runs in and he was like, it's going to happen. I was like, don't do it. Please don't do it. Don't, he's like, it's going to happen. I was like, no, no. Like, and it, that, like we had that type of situation. And I was like, from now on, no matter where we go, we're getting two bathrooms. A hundred percent. I think at least two toilets in separate rooms. Like right. it doesn't necessarily have to be a separate sink separate shower but Mm -hmm. two separate toilets and separate rooms even if they're jack and jill style right um i yeah that's that's been a that's yeah Yeah. that's exactly (laughs) what i think is (laughs) one of the keys to a happy marriage yeah is separation of that separation Um, of that so let's let's flip the switch here what are you doing so i've been watching you on instagram you've been traveling um i saw you were just in california yes Yes. So what have you been up to? Yeah, I, you know, I, I really mean it. I, I've been in some ways, right. I, it would be, I don't know if there's a word for it besides midlife crisis, um, <laughs> a semi-retired life this year. And, mm-hmm. and it's because I decided to make a, a really hard pivot um, in my career and, and shift a lot of things. So coming out of all of my health issues and my surgeries and my recovery and dealing with all of that, um, I had this, you know, just desire that I didn't want to be a director of marketing or advertising in the alcohol industry anymore. I knew mm-hmm. that I wanted to do something a little bit more um, progressive and a little bit more 
health oriented and, and not necessarily physical health oriented, like I, you know, working at a gym or anything, but just something that really focuses on the balance of, of what life means for me and, and what I want it to look like. I'm so damn grateful for the career I've had. I, I really am. Um, but when I was in bed and I had started the book years ago, um, just documenting various campaigns I've worked on, various celebrities I've worked with and, and different um, obstacles I've been able to overcome in my career and really off the wall shit that I've encountered. And so I'd started documenting my experiences, but being in bed and um, just a lot more pensive and reflective, I started writing a book, which is coming out in about a month. It's called, uh, it's going to be called High Tolerance. Um, and it and it highlights my career and and kind of this journey of the highs of of being in a high visibility position, the highs of 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 being in the boardrooms and traveling around the world and having all access to all these really cool things. Um, and then, you know, finding myself at the end of the book, spoiler, where I'm in a hospital and I have the best care in the world, and I had just about the best care money could buy. And what did it mean? What did any of that mean in that moment when you don't have your health and, and at the time, you know, not having a partner to hold my hand and walk me through it and not really having a legacy or a family and just really starting to reflect on what is my purpose and am I living it? And I'm, am I really living my life to the fullest extent? I think at one point, the career that I was in was allowing me to live my life in the fullest extent. So I have nothing but gratitude for that career. But what I don't want to do anymore, and what I hope to encourage people and what I started saying in our first episode together is like, you don't have to be stuck in something just because you've invested a lot of time, money, energy, effort, loss, everything into it. And that can look like a friendship that can look like a relationship that can look like a marriage. I'm not one to advocate for divorce, but there are times where people stay stuck in a situation, not making the changes they need because they've just done it for so long. And they've already, they they look at it as a sunk cost. And I just don't want to live like that, especially at this age of 30, 33, about to be 34. Um, and so I really spent the last, um, year, but, you know, more over six months now that I'm active and walking and I'm done with physical therapy, I'm in a way better physical space than when I was talking to you the first time, um, is that, uh, you know, really aligning, where do I want to go? What excites me? So I've taken a bunch of classes this year. Um, I've, I've traveled, as you mentioned. So I went around Europe. I've, I've gone, um, I've hopped around the U.S. as well and, and visiting friends and, and having fun there, which is really cathartic for my soul. But that's not a business plan for me. Um, mm-hmm. Traveling the way I like to travel is too expensive. And I'm not the travel <laughs> blogger type. So I'm like, that can't necessarily be my career. But um, where I have landed after taking several classes, I've, I've really like done a deep dive into real estate. I'm oh, like, nice. okay. I want to know more about it. I don't want to be a realtor. Like that was always clear. I, I, I don't want to go into selling houses. I don't even want to flip houses or like be in that space, but I do love the idea of investing in real estate. Um, you know, I've had stock portfolio investments and I've even done, I've dabbled with crypto. I've grappled, uh, dabbled with like small startups and um, little small, like private equity, venture capitalists work. Um, and so I'm like, well, I have a pretty robust portfolio for someone with a small little fortune, right. not small, like <laughs> a little tiny fortune that I have. 
it's it's pretty diverse and and um i i, I want to add real estate to the mix and so i've started investing um in, with various uh with developers and um real estate investors which has been really exciting because the way that i've been able to to live this last year is off of my rich money from my investments right um oh and help from from my dad shout out to him <laughs> i'd be lying if i forgot that check he sends me every month these days um but you know actually and, and that's that's really empowering and that's where i say like i feel like i'm getting a taste of retirement what i'm making right now full disclosure i think i'm yielding like around 12 to 1500 a month that is not enough to sustain, certainly not my lifestyle, but really right. probably most people's <laughs> lifestyles. So, you know, I am living off my savings as well at the moment, dipping into it, you know, more than I would like, but I am getting a taste of what it's like to A, find time for the things you want to do, B, make your money work for you so you can do that. Mm-hmm. And then C, really just strategize what my next role is going to look like. And where I've really landed is that I feel really called to, to coach people through various, um, transitions that they're going in life. And, and that's a little scary to say, cause I feel like it sounds like woo woo hippie dippy. I think, like, I think everybody, <laughs> yeah, I think everybody has like certain people have a knack for it. I can totally picture you doing it. I think that you have lived through different things and you've had, like you said, all these different experiences. I think you would fall perfectly into that type of position to be able to help or, or feed, you know, at the same time, you're feeding people confidence, uh, knowledge, uh, uh, ways to, to make yourself better. Like you've been through all this. I think you're in a perfect position to do something like that. Oh gosh. I appreciate that validation because not everybody, I've not been met with that enthusiasm. (laughs) Other people are like, you a coach, you crazy bitch. (laughs) You know, but we need that little bit of crazy and that little bit of like not straight edge on staying on the line. You need somebody that's willing to go, all right, let's get it together. Like this isn't okay. Yeah, I know. I'm a little intense. I know, especially. I hire you. Thank you. Well, and I, I think really where this stemmed from, so I actually, I've had a coach. She's amazing. Um, I would recommend her before I ever recommend myself, right? So her name is Farah Bernier. I hope I'm saying her last name correctly. And I found her years ago and and she's empowered me and helped me a lot. And so when I first reached out to her, I wasn't thinking I was ever going to become a coach. I knew I needed a coach for mm-hmm. that season of life. For me specifically, you know, operating as an executive is really difficult and isolating because you don't have a lot of people that you can confide in about some of your fears and anxieties because your family and friends haven't necessarily met that, you know, even if they are operating at an executive level and making really difficult decisions that affect people's mortgages and income and lifestyles and Mm -hmm. life balance, um, they might not be in the same sector and industry. So their, their situation might feel different. And then you can't really go to your counterparts at work because you don't always have the ability to show the vulnerability and weakness that you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even for me, having worked with like executives for the last few years, I've, I have operated in, in some way as a coach for some, for several of my managers, line managers, CEOs that I've worked with, executives that I've worked with. And, um, and I, I've just found that a I mean, if you look at my call log, my boyfriend can tell you, people are calling me for advice all the time. And I was just like, I got to start getting paid for this because right. <laughs> whatever it is to your point, whether it's experience, 
experience, um, life experience, whether it is a constant pursuit for learning, which I have, um, you know, there is there, if I really take it back, I've been counseling and coaching people um, since I was five years old mm-hmm. and, and adults since I was five years old, <laughs> right? Uh, where uh, I've just felt very comfortable asking some questions, challenging questions to ask people to maybe reconsider where they're at. We talked about in our last episode, the silver linings um, plague that you and I both have, where we can just take anything and turn it into a positive. Mm -hmm. That is a gift that not a lot of people have. I know. And I Um, hear that very often. It's like, how do you do that? I'm like, because if I sit in the negativity, I am never going to get myself out. If I, if we stay there, you'll never be able to move to what could possibly, and I'm sure I said it then too, but like, what could possibly be if you're, if you're stuck in that you know, what was me or the negative side of things, you're never giving yourself the opportunity to explore what could turn into a better experience or a better um, situation of, of, you know, where you need to be. It's. Yeah. And that's, that's what I want to do is, and I even thought about going to school for therapy. I, I was considering that as I was taking different classes and figuring out what works, but I'm going to these um, different networking events and, um, you know, wealth management and all these different learning about taxes at a different level and just, just learning a lot this year. And, and at every single conference and meeting I went, there were people winding up to speak to me because they wanted a piece of my knowledge or, you know, something that they wanted to elaborate on a question that I had asked to the instructor coach or whoever it was on the center stage. And I thought, okay, this keeps happening, right? There's something, mm-hmm. there's something there. Um, I haven't fully fleshed out what my framework is going to be um, for my coaching. I'm working with a handful of clients that I identified um, just because their background fascinates me and, and I want to work with them directly. And then um, they are going to help give feedback on how I'm doing for them. And if mm-hmm. I'm able to, to help them the way that they like. So that's what I'm working on developing, um, in this exact season on top of my book. Um, and then, and then really just figuring out how I can empower others through my story, because I know that every single piece of adversity that I've had in my life, I have been able to able to leverage and build upon and inspire mm-hmm. others, empower others, um, and then just be more resilient for the next chapter. And so now I'm in that phase. Whereas like before I was like, I know this is going to work out for me, but really sucks right now. And <laughs> right. I don't know what I'm doing. I just know what I don't want. Mm-hmm. Now I have that beacon of hope of like, okay, this is what we need to attain. This is what we're going to grasp. This is what we're going to take and run with it. Um, so I'm excited and nervous, but this is my first time publicly like announcing myself. Oh, I love as it. Coach. <laughs> coach Ella. Coach, coach Ella. Ella. I like that. Like Coachella. I know. Like coach exactly. <laughs> as of someone who's been to Coachella about 15 <laughs> times, um, I don't know. Someone else is the one that was like, you're going to be Coachella. And I was like, oh, wow. Cause I've been to Coachella a lot and that did not occur to me. So I don't know if that's a spin I'm going to do down the line, but a marketing some, there has to be some type of marketing gimmick there, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely excited because I just think that I'll, I'll be in a position where I can really help people move forward mm-hmm. in a positive path and, and challenge people 
um, you know, to say like, are you living like we have one life, you know, and a taste of death, a preview of your mortality will really spark something in you to go, am I living the life I want? Because I do have everything I need to be happy here in this moment, but am I doing the most of it? Or am I just accepting the bullshit because I have to, because I've done so much in the past that puts me there. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. And, and as we enter this new election year, whoo. Oh, I'm really hoping we can <laughs> all just collectively be happy people because I think happy people treat each other with empathy and compassion and kindness and we need that mm -hmm. um and so that's that's what I'm really hoping to evoke in others and and help people kick some ass by putting a little fire up there yeah. so um yeah it's it's a it's a really great and exciting season but it's scary I'm going to be working for myself for the first time ever never done that on solopreneur life is like good for you I'm like I'm loving all of this this is because it's like like you said going back to the episode you had all these ideas and I think we even talked a little bit offline about some of the things that you're mentioning now that you didn't mention on the pod that you were working towards so to see this come to fruition I'm like so in awe of you right now like congratulations oh for my finding gosh your way really there. did we did we talk did I talk about coaching you not coaching you did talk about the book with me um, oh my that you gosh, were working okay. on it. So I remember that. And I do That's remember, wild. yeah, we stayed on the phone, I think for almost an hour after the actual interview. And I was, I was like, so in love with you. I was like, I want to be like best friends with her. Oh my gosh. You're so kind. Mm -hmm. You know, I really, I had to re-listen to the episode because I didn't remember it. And, and it's really, I mean, we know this, right? So uh, I think a very common trauma among men and women is childbirth and mm -hmm. and regardless what your birth story is whether it was perfect and happy like even just leading up to the birthing story it's a really traumatic experience for everybody involved including the baby and yet we never remember it i'm saying as a human species mm -hmm. i've never given birth but we don't remember it otherwise i'm convinced if we did remember the trauma that we experienced as babies in our birthing story that our mothers that we as mothers experience that we as partners of mothers experience that we as adopted mothers and fathers of, right know, <laughs> if we remembered that trauma of bringing a life onto this earth we probably wouldn't do it as often because i think it's like horrific as an outsider hearing these stories from my girlfriend I'm like, and you're doing it again. You're doing that again. That sounds horrific. Oh, but there's God. something that happens to our brains that's really beautiful. It's a, it's a neurological um, phenomenon that's real and scientifically proven. Don't ask me the name of the the scientists that prove it, but <laughs> have proven it. But our brain does stop creating memories in the face of trauma, and it does that so we don't have to live in our trauma. And that's why PTSD is so detrimental because it's re it's reminding us of our trauma over and over again when it when we really mm -hmm. should try to move past mm -hmm. now I'm not saying we should be blacking out that's a whole different type of trauma yeah, yes yeah but the fact that I with my long memory didn't remember our podcast I didn't remember what we spoke about I don't remember telling you about the book it's, it's a testament to how beautiful our brains are that mm -hmm. our brains when they're in survival mode, as I likely was when we were speaking, mm. whether it was obvious or not, um, you know, our brain does what it can to not record every detail of right. that time. Um, and I don't remember, like, I, I wrote a lot 
which has um, recommitted the memories to my, mm-hmm. has recommitted my memories and reaffirmed them and cemented some of the things. But I was journaling crazy during my surgery. Every mm-hmm. single day, a lot, I mean, a lot, essays on essays written in my phone because the only thing I could move for the first few weeks were my thumbs without being in tremendous pain. And um, so much of it I've read recently in writing this book where I'm like, I don't remember that. Oh my <laughs> gosh, maybe I don't need to remember that. So right. it, it is a beautiful thing. And if anyone knows what it's called when your brain intentionally, like it'll forget noises, like it'll mm-hmm. shut off your hearing during a traumatic event because mm-hmm. noises commit certain certain items to our memories. So mm-hmm. um, it, our brain is so beautiful and fascinating. Um, and we're in it's in control of so much of what happens to us and, and, and what we let happen to us and what we do. Um, so shout out to the brains, but (laughs) I, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited about the next chapter. I'm of course nervous. It's going to force me to put myself out there. Like Mm -hmm. I'm great at promoting brands. Like I'm great at saying, Hey, buy this, you know, for someone else's brand and building someone else's business, but going off and doing it myself is a different type of vulnerability. I completely understand that because I have this and then I have my own small business where I make like a dry shampoo. It's like a beauty company or whatever. I have such a hard time, like trying to tell people in a, in a public type way so like social media making content doing all this talking about the podcast but if you sat me down with a bunch of people I'm comfortable and I know all I want to do is talk about myself that's literally all I want to do and I'm hyper aware of that it's always about me but like to put myself out there to people I don't know for whatever reason I get like shell-shocked like I can't what do I say what do I do girl you know what to do like you literally talk all the time about yourself and what you do and how great you are like why can't you do this now like it's such a it's been such a I don't I don't want to say struggle because there's I go through spurts where sometimes I'm so happy and excited to like create a reel or do something or get on live or talk to people you know or meeting people through dms like just messaging I mean that's kind of how I met you I have no problem doing it but then there's times where I'm just like I don't want to do it I don't I don't want to do it I don't have the time the energy um and it's also sometimes I get that like imposter syndrome like why are you doing this like who do you think you are for doing this and that's something I worked on over I had um I did a hypnosis therapy a couple months ago because I was like I don't want to sit in therapy for a long period of time somebody just tell me what's wrong with me and I did uh and listeners I again apologize for bringing this up again but sorry not sorry it's called RTT therapy um where they basically take there's a they basically take all the years of what you would sit through therapy, like one hour sessions, whatever it may be. And they force you into a three hour session when you're under hypnosis and they walk you through different parts of your life. It's like you give the therapist a subject that you want to face. Mine was imposter syndrome. Um, I had lack of motivation at the time. Um, And there was something else I can't remember off the top of my head right now. And she walked me through and she's like, tell me what happened in this situation. And there were memories that came up that I like you just said, the brain is a magical thing that I have blocked out. Didn't even remember until I came to, I was like, oh my God, that happened. That explains so much. And I learned so much as to why I have those moments, you know, where I do feel like this imposter syndrome, or I do feel like I'm not good enough, or, you know, why are you doing this? 
there were certain memories that were brought up through as I was walking through um, my childhood, for example. Um, it was a very interesting experience and I would totally do it again and for different reasons because I do feel I'm not like obviously 100% healed, but it brought a lot of awareness to myself and how I handle situations and why I feel the way I do and in, in when I'm in angst or when I'm, you know, if I'm in a, you know, discussion with my husband, that's not necessarily going the way that I want it. I, my response to it, I can now bring it back to something that happened when I was a child. So like, it taught me a lot about how I process my emotions. It was a very interesting um, thing to do. And it's, as you said, the brain can, as much as it's, it's, magical and it's wonderful and it's awesome there are things there that sometimes I'm like I wish I knew sooner and I wish it wasn't like blocked from me so I can understand like what was actually happening yeah and and that's where I should have yeah making the distinction between um self like the the brain often is just self-preserving a fever is a perfect example right Mm -hmm. our bodies get a fever out of self-preservation but there is a time where a fever, especially a prolonged fever, a high fever in that pursuit of self-preservation can kill us, right? right. So it's that that delicate balance of making sure we have the proper regulation so that whatever it is that is in the sake of recovery or healing does not overcorrect itself into something detrimental right. um, where we're blocking out memories completely and, and then having to retrieve them. I, I have not familiar with RTTT, although I am familiar with hypnotic therapy as an umbrella term. Mm. Um, but I, I can't imagine that that's, that's really beneficial. Um, and, and I'm, and, and also empowering. And the fact that you want to go back is, is a great testament to it. Um, I, I really, really love that. I, I, will, I think um... where you deserve to feel like you talked about Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I'll send you the information on the book that I read that led me down the path to um, look into it. That was all I was going to say. <laughs> no, I love that. Well, and even when you talked about your shampoo, you're, oh, I made the shampoo. Yeah, you saw me, right? I'm like, oh, no, 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 just right. me. <laughs> <laughs> But I think this is where I'm at in my season of doubt and and I've been I've I've been I've been questioned like there are some people who love me dearly and operate a little bit more out of fear that think that I'm um not setting myself up for what their version of success is but where I have confidence on that front is that um there have been a lot of things in my life that might have been a little countercultural or appeared to be counterintuitive for example and and then to, to to basically like study media and communications and become a Red Bull girl and people thought I was crazy like you're gonna be you're supposed to be a doctor and what are you gonna do be a Red Bull girl for the rest of your life well I built a pretty damn good career off of beverage marketing so I would say that in following my heart like I know that my you know when we follow I just I am of the belief that God puts certain desires on our heart and when we pursue those desires or worse ignore those desires desires um there there could be great or not so great consequences in that um so i'm just someone who operates through my heart a little bit and my emotions and and so that's where my heart is leading me at this time um but even furthermore like in in regard to your dry shampoo um hair products we could really do a whole episode on that <laughs> Mm-hmm. especially look at me right now 
um, is a very sensitive topic for me specifically um, in my hair journey and, and some of the things that I've been going through. But ultimately, if whatever you are doing is helping other people, it is not about promoting yourself in that. It is about offering a solution um, I, I will say, cause I can't speak for your dry shampoo, but if this gives you any indication, I have a girlfriend who, who, um, her, she sells MLM beauty products. Okay. And I'll just be frank. Anyone who approaches me with an MLM beauty product, you will get an HBR, um, Harvard business review article where I basically decimate everything about MLMs and, and explain why pyramids there's pyramid scheme and they do not work network marketing. I'm super against it as a businesswoman. point blank. That's my hot button topic. However, um, one of the products that she sold long, long story short, has has changed my life tremendously. Um, and while I'm against the idea of MLM marketing, I don't knock the products themselves. I just don't like the business structure because I think it's built upon people being taken advantage of at the bottom. And mm -hmm. that's what a pyramid scheme mm -hmm. is. But outside of that, right, it was in her, um, you know, she was selling me on some other things that I was like, hey, girl, like, I want to support you. Like, I will purchase MLM products sometimes just to support my friends, but I'm not interested in selling. Don't even pitch me on selling. Mm -hmm. It ain't happened. I'm not going to be a distributor. But when she was talking about these products, she ends up talking about the shampoo and it's changed my life. Oh, I was great. struggling really badly with um, like dandruff and whatever. And so I'm saying all that to say you could change someone's life, mine included, right? Mm -hmm. If I found a dry shampoo that could help solve what I'm going through, mm -hmm. why would you keep that from me? I know, but that's the thing. If you, we if we were sitting, know. I know if I was sitting down in a bar talking to you and somebody compliments my hair, I'd be like, oh, it's dirty. I use dry shampoo and then I'll just talk about it. But having to create like the social media content where I have to talk about it or give examples of it that's where I struggle I have no problem talking about it let's rephrase it's being in that I think it's honestly I think it's just the social media thing that gets me because it's like you have to be on somebody and I have like videos that I've recorded on my phone that I've never posted of me before and after because and, and honestly when you, you hit you hit something on the nail there with like if it would truly help someone. The only reason I ever created this was because I was going through my endometriosis stuff and I wanted to relieve toxins from my body. So my first thing was dry shampoo. I use all this alcohol spray, right? Like obviously it's a hormone disruptor. It's not good for you. What can I do? And I went down a rabbit hole. I even did skincare. Like I did skincare for a while. I stopped that. I had some clients who, who, who loved my skincare, but I stopped doing that. Um, and I just stuck to this because that's what was selling and it sells. It's just, I don't know how to be this, this influencer, I guess, like with it. Um, it's funny that I want to switch. I, there's like two things I want to talk about. And I know we're coming up on the hour. I want to switch to the MLM thing. I had a similar experience. I am the same way. Do not, like if I see somebody selling MLM and I, and I listen, I appreciate if this is something that you love to do and that's what you want to do. And it, it you know, you have your reasons for doing it. Um, and I was years ago, I was struggling really bad with acne. And I recently just had a picture come up. And when I say acne, like covered all throughout my jawline, underneath my chin, like it was just awful. And it was when I was dealing with all of, like when I was in the thick of everything that was going on with me. And this, uh, my husband's coworker was throwing, a, you know, a product party. She had just signed up for one of these things. And I was like, I'm going to go for it. Like just met the, you know, met all of these women. Like I should go support and hang out and talk. 
and she gave us a couple samples. I think I bought a lipstick, but I had a bunch of samples and I got called to go to the Dallas office um, for some meeting that I had to go to so last minute. And I was using proactive at the time and I was completely out of it. And all I had was these samples. Now, when again, reminding you, I'm covered. I'm going to see all these partners. Like I, I hated wearing a shit ton of makeup because I didn't want to cover it. And you know that that's not good for it. So I was like, I just grabbed all the samples that I had in the drawer and I threw them in my bag and I left because it was like a last minute call to Dallas. I used it the night before. I woke up, almost 50% of my skin just went down. And I was like, okay. So I took a shower, I did more. By the end of the day, I was like 75%. And within two days, I was 100% cleared up. And I was like, you have a client for life. I will never stop using this product because you have literally saved what I've been battling with for three years of acne. And I didn't, I had acne as a teenager, which is why I used proactive because my mom, that's what my mom taught me. Um, but I was using, and the way that I understood it, I was using something for teenage acne and I wasn't using something for adult acne, right? Like nobody talk. everybody talks about teenage hormonal acne. Nobody talks about the adult hormonal acne, especially for women who are in those childbearing years because everything fluctuates so much. So this product, like, literally changed my life overnight and I will continue to buy it no matter where I am like <laughs> send me mm-hmm. it in bulk <laughs> yeah yeah so I mean if anyone I'm not going to like promote the brand or anything like that but if I, someone yeah, does want to reach out if they're, my my issue was I was dealing with really bad dandruff and it was not you know yeah that's your face right, right. acne is your face and that but the dandruff it had come like six years ago out of nowhere I I I hadn't changed anything all of a sudden it was just impossible and every you name the damn shampoo of mainstream I've done it I've done all the shampoos and some of them would mitigate it like the most 70 percent right Mm -hmm. this has has me at like 95 percent and for the first time I can use I can cheat and like every now and then use another product and not have a really bad breakout, which I never had before. It's like one time I cheat at the gym or one time I'm at a hotel or I'm traveling and Mm -hmm. I didn't bring the damn shampoo with me. I have a really bad breakout and I regressed all the way back to zero. So I I hear you. I, it's not that I think my problem with MLMs is not the products. 100% business structure. (laughs) Right. Right. I agree. And Um, like I said, I'm now funding yeah, if that's something that, and I know I have friends that do it too. And like, listen, more power to you if that's what you want to do and it works for you. And I just, yes. again, I don't want to sell. And I also, the the one thing I don't like, is like, don't, I don't continuously ask me, you know, to try something because if I, especially with me who has the skin and the hair issues or had them, like you said, you made a perfect, perfect um, uh, sentence of like what my life is. I'm also in that position now with my skin that if I, did for whatever reason had to use something else I'm not going to have an issue because my skin has finally healed itself in a way um but I also mm-hmm. the business That's model so is like thank you that business model though is just keep asking keep asking I'm not changing my products <laughs> like if I wanted to I would ask you know I would come and ask especially something with skin and hair I feel is so sensitive and it's kind of defining of who you are on the out like on the outside that it needs to be you know presented in a certain way so like I'm very stuck in my in my um in my products that I use (laughs) yes no and I I get that too and and um I I I think that's a that's a really good point of just one a reminder being open and then two you don't know who you could be helping and saving I know so I'm gonna we need your so product we need you to dry shampoo <laughs> what's the name of your dry shampoo it's called hair bake 
hair bag oh that's cute okay it's powder based non-toxic ingredients and you basically could eat it if you wanted to like it's there's like it's it's great and like I said this is I'm going on I mean the video doesn't really do too much for me right now but I've gone seven to ten days without washing my hair and I'm when I do my wash when I do have my wash day that's where I take care of my actual scalp right I use different types of oils I do like a scalp scrub but I'm the length of my hair I had a picture come up in a time house from like when I said when I was in the thick of it um of my hair and just how unhealthy it was because of like everything I was going through and and I was just in a my sister my brother and sister-in-law's wedding this past was it last week and two mm-hmm. weekends ago and my hair looked so full and the past weddings that I've been in I never looked that great with my hair so like I've, to me it's made a difference in my life and I know it can make and there's other people that I've talked to who have something like I have reviews and everything on the web I have a website for it too um, so I'm trying to create this like social media calendar where like one week it's going to be all about the podcast and then the next week it's going to be all about Beatnik. That's the name of the company is Beatnik Beauty. I'm Beatnik. Um, <laughs> and then so I can swap just, but again, I struggle with content and being funny and like doing all these like trends. Right. So I got to get back. I was good at the beginning of the year. Like I was in it to win it. And now I'm just like, okay, what am I doing next? That's the other problem I have. And I've talked about this a few times, especially with like people that I'm close with. I'm very much a person like who gets an idea, will do it, bring it to the beginning and be like, okay, I did it. Like I have a hard time (laughs) seeing things through, not seeing things through, but my brain shuts down and goes, all right, you did it. Like, let's move on to something else. And let's challenge ourselves to do something. Like I don't stay in things. It's really a thing I struggle with. (laughs) That's funny. I, and I'm a little bit the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm an executor. Like Mm -hmm. I can't necessarily develop an idea. Like I, that's not my, that's, I can't, I've, I've, I've built a lot of brands, but Mm -hmm. I have not generated and like ideated. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I've really only ideated three to five brands in my career of the 300 plus that I've Mm -hmm. worked on. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you have an idea for a brand and you know what your, you know, that base is what you're talking about. I'm like, Oh, I could do this, this. Oh, let's talk about this. Like that yeah. gets me excited. Um, and I'm looking at your website here. It's great. I am. Going oh, to order it, myself. <laughs> it is beatnik, uh, yeah. uh, beatnik beauty hair baked dry yeah. shampoo. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Um, but I, I, we can talk offline about just some quick ideas that I could give you to help kind of catapult you there, um, just to, to get you excited about, uh, the self-promotion and, uh, the blind leading the blind. It's something I have to work on too, because (laughs) while I've been consulting on a very small part-time basis for, gosh, eight years, uh, now that I'm doing it full-time, I can't be, I can't, I have to like get real on promoting it. So. Right. I will be right there with you learning how to, to lean into that. Cause your branding is incredible. Um, I, I love it. I love your font, your typography. I, I love your vibe. You do a great job. So offline, I'll, I'll give you a couple ideas that I think could help like unlock that for you. Awesome. I love you. Thank you. Yeah, um, we are coming up on the hour. I'm so sad again, because here I am like, I don't want to leave you. Um, do you want to be asked the question? to see if it has changed from six months ago, or do we just dive into you giving everybody your information? I will let it land in your Um, 
Yeah. You know, it's, I feel like it's the same. I won't be able to say it verbatim, but I really do feel like it's still the same. Okay. Good. 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 Love it. Yeah. Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at ellayourbella.com. I'm Ella Yerbella on virtually every single social platform. My full name is Ella Parlor. And if you want to sign up for my book, um, which will be published in about a month uh, or ready in a month, I should say, you can go to ellayourbella.com to sign up and learn more um, for some exclusive updates regarding the book launch. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this catch up episode. I, I love, I love, love, love talking to you. This has been great. Yes. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you. And until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, everyone.